Good morning. Thanks for tuning in. This is Pastor Julie Lewis from Asbury United Methodist Church in Smyrna, Delaware, where we share the love of God and the good news of Jesus Christ in all we do. Hello, it's Pastor Julie, and we're at the end of our Welcome to the New series, and today we're in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 37 to 47. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you, for your children, and for all who are far away, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him. And he testified with many other arguments and exhorted them, saying, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. So those who welcomed his message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 persons were added. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers." All came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So the good news is that the news isn't always bad. In fact, it can be good. Take, for instance, the news about Zara Rutherford becoming the youngest female pilot to circumnavigate the globe. She flew solo around the world, beginning and ending in Belgium. It's pretty amazing when you think about it. She had a vision of flying around the globe, made a plan, and with the help of many others, made that vision become reality. During her trip around the world, she flew 28,000 nautical miles, landed in 41 countries on five continents. Now, we know she didn't wake up the day she left and just go for it. There was a lot of planning that happened first. She trained to become a pilot that could fly solo in the particular plane she was using. She had to figure out what the requirements were for entering and landing in all those countries. She had to plan for unusual circumstances, how to deal with them, and share those plans with the people she needed to help her achieve that goal. She flew solo around the world, but on the other hand, she really didn't do it alone. She had a team of people all around the world that were part of the plan to help her accomplish what she wanted to do. And there were some things that didn't go according to the plan. The trip took two months longer than she had planned, mostly due to bad weather and holdups with visa, her visa in some of the countries. She had to alter her planned course to avoid North Korean airspace and the California wildfires. She spent a few weeks in a tiny village in Siberia due to weather. She encountered lightning and severe turbulence at the equator. Yet because she had prepared herself for course corrections and unexpected weather, because she had a good support team helping her, she was able to keep going and finish what she started. 
She hopes that her journey will inspire more young women to become pilots, or better yet, just believe they can set a goal, make a plan, and do whatever they want to do. Just like Amelia Earhart continues to inspire young women to fly, I'm sure some young girls and women will be inspired by Zara. Now for me, I love this story, but I've learned over the years to take my eyes off of the person in front of the camera, so to speak, and think about all the people who made it possible, the ones you never see. I used to work backstage in a local dinner theater when I was in college, and and through that, I understand that in order for the play to go on, there had to be so many people backstage helping those on stage do their job. Props, costumes, lighting, sound, ushers, ticket takers, concession stands, and so on. Any production needs many more people than those who take the stage. No production can be done alone. Just like Zara couldn't have accomplished her dream without all those other people walking alongside her doing the background work. And when we think about, when we think about life, that's how the world really is, right? That's how it works. John Donne penned the poem that begins, No Man is an Island, and he is so right. We do nothing really by ourselves. What we do, everything we do, relies on the actions and presence of others. When I write a sermon, for instance, I write it myself, but I rely on the work of those who are around me or who have gone before me in some way. I use a laptop, and the company and engineers that created the vision and then built that laptop help me get my words to print. I do the work in a building that has internet access, was built by people, and all of those things come together as they made a plan to create the internet, to build the building many years ago. I read commentaries that were written by people who wrestled with the meaning of this passage long before me, but also from some of my contemporaries who are wrestling right alongside of me. I use my Bible, which, as most of you know, was written by many different people, inspired by the Holy Spirit, and in translations that were also inspired by great theologians and interpreters. Now, I could go on and on, but the point is that I have a plan each week to write a sermon, and without the many other people who did their part first so that I could achieve my goal, that sermon wouldn't happen. No one is an island. We need each other, whether we know it or not. The big question we have then is what happens when people don't do their part, when they try to go it alone and don't want to be on the team that makes the dream a reality? How can we know the plan and our place in it? Can it happen without us? Would we want it to happen without us? God says no. There is so much we gain in life and in the world when everyone takes their place in the plan. See, we miss out if we try to go it alone or somehow believe that we're not needed. So let's see why it's so important for each and every one of us to take our place, be part of the plan that God has for us as individuals and for God's church. Now, looking at our passage this morning, we happen to be listening in on the day of Pentecost. Pentecost simply means 50 days, 
And it's 50 days after the resurrection when Jesus rose from the dead and revealed himself to the disciples and many other witnesses. 40 days after the resurrection, Jesus left them and ascended into heaven while they watched. But before he did, he told them to wait in Jerusalem for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jerusalem is packed on Pentecost because many Jews are there for the celebration of the festival of first fruits of the harvest known as Shavuot. At the time, it is called Pentecost. And on this day, the disciples are waiting and praying in what is called a room upstairs when suddenly tongues of fire and a violent rushing wind come in, giving them all the ability to speak in other languages, which they do. The crowds gather at the curious noise and Peter comes out and gives a speech to help them understand what is happening. People from all over the known world have gathered there, and somehow they all understand what he is saying, even though they all speak different languages. It's a miracle, and it's often referred to as the reversal of Babel, when God confused the languages of many people so they couldn't understand one another. Peter lays out for them the good news of Jesus Christ and what God has done through him for all. He lets them know in no uncertain terms that they are responsible for his crucifixion, that they killed their own Messiah. This is, distresses them. And so they want to know what they can do to make things right. Can they be given, forgiven for their mistake? What shall we do? Peter tells them to repent and be baptized, which 3,000 of them do. Now, it might be good to note that there were seventy to 80,000 people in Jerusalem that day for the celebration. Now, I know not all of them were listening to Peter, but it gives you the sense that not everyone felt called to that action. For the 3,000 plus that did, they became the new thing, part of the new thing that God created that day, what we call the church. Pentecost is lovingly known as the birthday of the church. This is the moment when those who believe are unified into one entity that will be the vessel God will use to share the good news with the world. God planned for this from the beginning, knowing that once Jesus ascended into heaven, his presence needed a home, a way to be seen and shared, and that plan was and still is the church. I love the description of this first church. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. All came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Because that's what it's all about, right? The good news of Jesus Christ, the message that at one point cut to your heart and led you to repent, to turn to Christ as your Savior, is for everyone. God planned for Jesus to come and save us from our sins. God planned for him to die on the cross, be resurrected, and ascend into heaven. 
God planned for those 12 apostles and the other believers to become the church, the body of Christ on earth with the sole plan of bringing that good news to everyone somehow, some way. In our passage, everyone takes part, lives and works together as followers of Jesus Christ, but taking their place in this new community so that everyone can come to know the good news. God's master plan is for the church, his people, to work with him to save the world. We were created out of love, for love, and to share the love of God in the world. That's God's plan. Where do we, as individuals and as the church, fit into that plan? Well, we've been talking during this series about taking a good hard look at where we are right now in comparison to where God wants us to be, what we're called to look like to the world as people who follow Jesus Christ. Faith is a journey, and hopefully we are taking steps to become the people God has created us to be, more loving, compassionate, patient, prayerful, knowing Jesus more deeply through spiritual disciplines and worship. The next step after we've taken stock is to move in that direction by casting aside bad habits and picking up new ones. God has given us the vision of how his people are called to live. What can we do to move ourselves closer to that vision, to who God is calling us to be? Read our Bible more, pray more, give more, serve more, encourage others? What can we do? Hopefully, you've answered that question and have set the goal to help you get there. If not, today is a good day to get started. We have the vision given to us by God. We know what we want to do. Now it's time to make the plan to get there and put the team together. See, for individuals, we may decide on a new habit, like the people in our challenge group have done, and take that step of working the plan to develop that new habit. Experts have found that when we try to make any changes alone, it's most likely going to fail. We need the support and encouragement, the accountability of others to help us achieve that goal. If you have set a goal to do something new, have a few people on your support team, people who want you to succeed and who will cheer you on. God created us to live in community, to be there for one another. And that is why I believe that Jesus remains here with us in the church. The church is where God's people work together to make disciples of Jesus Christ, to share God's love with the world, so the world will know the saving grace of Jesus. God's ultimate plan. We know these are trying times. Churches are closing down everywhere. They talk about faith as if it is something dying or worse yet, irrelevant to our lives. Ah, no one comes to church anymore. The government is trying to shut us down. No one commits to anything or volunteers anymore. People aren't giving to the church. There's a pandemic out there. We don't want to get sick or die. All doom and gloom. 
But God has given us the church to overcome any obstacles we may face together. This is the real good news. God made a plan long ago, and the church was, is, and always will be part of that plan. The church is in a building, but it is not the building. It is the people of God, unified in their faith, working together, praying together, in fellowship together, in order to share the good news and make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. If no one came to Asbury on Sunday, if no one served in its missions and ministries, if no one taught our children about Jesus, if no one prayed on behalf of our church, its people, and our concerns, if no one put anything in the offering plate, could we be the church God calls us to be? Probably not. That is why churches close anyway. They have not taken their place, become part of God's plan. They have not used their gifts to share the good news and make disciples. They've gotten off track. They have not been unified in their purpose, becoming the church that God has called them to be. See, over the next year, we will be working to become the church God calls us to be. We don't know the exact plan step by step, but as long as we are working towards the goal of making disciples and sharing the good news, we will be on the right track. Like Zara and her flight around the world, we need all hands on deck and everyone has a part. The church is not a sanctuary full of people who come just once a week and then sit and go home and think of nothing else nothing else about the church the rest of the week. But sometimes that is what we want to do, right? But think about our worship service, just the worship service. To make a simple worship service happen, we need so many people, the pastor, musicians, choir directors, technicians, ushers, the altar guild, the office administrator who makes the bulletins and shares that information with those who need it, custodians, Maintenance teams, so many people working in the background just to make this one event happen. We need people to pray for our worship, for the staff, and for our missions and ministries. We need people who give money to pay for all those things. Every single person has a part in the plan God has for Asbury. Zara remarked that even with all the challenges she faced, she saw some amazing things on her journey. The remoteness of Siberia, the beauty of Alaska, the wonder of Taiwan, the incredible magnificence of Saudi Arabia, the vast expanse of the oceans. This reminds us that there will be unexpected beauty and joy along the journey God has placed before us. We will face obstacles. We will set out with our plans and suddenly have to make a course correction. But our job is to be faithful, walk with God, and take our place in the plan God has for us. But not a single one of us can do it alone. We can't do it alone. We can't do it without each and every one of you. 
As we move into this new year, it is a blank slate waiting for our new journey. Find your place in God's plan here at Asbury. Serve in a mission. Teach our children and young people. Serve behind the scenes in worship or repairing or maintaining our buildings. Be part of the prayer team. Greet people at the door and welcome them. There is a place for you even if you never enter this building. We are the church. God's plan to share the good news and to make disciples of Jesus Christ. Discover where you fit into that plan. Take the first step. Find your place. God is calling each one of us. God is calling you. You're never too old. You're never too tired. You're never too young. You're never too busy. There is a place for everyone. Be part of God's plan for you and for Asbury. God has so much waiting for us on this journey. We will get there together. And the awe and wonder of seeing what God will do in and through us, in and through Asbury, will be more amazing than you can imagine. Don't wait. Become part of the plan. More joy is just waiting for you around the corner. Let's find it together with a unified purpose in making disciples for the transformation of the world. Amen.